Hey everybody, it's Noah Deeds from the Soros LGBT Plus Center, and you're listening to Queer Goggles. On this episode of Queer Goggles, we're sitting down with Erica Hockyard, ex-librarian and current youth program manager at the Soros LGBT Plus Center. We talk with Erica about the Soros Youth Program's broad approach to prevention and education, her history before the Soros, the main issues that impact our youth, and we even discuss the hit HBO show Euphoria. Welcome to Queer Goggles. Uh, I'm joined today by Erica Hockyard, who is our youth program manager. Uh, We're going to talk about all of the work that she does with uh, the Sources Youth, uh, especially as it relates to substance use disorder prevention. Um, Erica, how are you doing? Uh, Do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, sure. Uh, My name is Erica. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm doing, I'm excited for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're recording this on a, on a Thursday. So we still have a couple more days to go until the weekend. And we have a lot of events coming up. Um, the youth are always doing events. You, you, your department in particular is very, very active. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Erica, you're, you were, kind of new to the, not not really that new anymore but can you uh, kind of go into how you came into this line of work uh like working with youth at the source uh in particular for sure uh well before this i was a librarian and i was librarian for a while uh so i'd done i'd worked in different places like schools uh public libraries i'd worked with like uh, youth programs. Um, I've done probably like 2000 story times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the reason why I, tri- and I am new, like I only started like six, seven months ago, something like that. Uh, but, you know, like I was working at my local library and I'd done um, like a little bit of um like outreach with the source, you know, about like our book festival and stuff like that. And I was growing restless in my like current position because I mean, I wasn't in, but I wasn't out at my last job just because it was public service. And I really wanted to be able to do more for my community. I didn't want to be doing things under the rug. Um, And I would just like slip in as many gay programs as I could, (laughs) but I wanted to do something and I was so excited to learn about the source and I really wish that I'd had this resource for myself and for um, my twin brother when we were growing up. Uh, I didn't grow up here, but I grew up in another rural small community. I grew up in Sanger, which, you know, like your whole world is a Walmart and a public library. (laughs) So, um, you know, like I wanted to be able to provide like queer services for queer kids who you know, maybe feel isolated. And this is my opportunity to do that. That's cool. And you know, when you said doing uh, like stuff at the library, I had a, I had a flashback to getting emails from, from the public library. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to remember if it was you now looking back. Cause I remember getting requests like, Oh, we should team up, especially during 2020. Yeah. Um, that's, 
That's funny. Um, yeah, Sanger is out there. Uh, a lot of, I know, I, I always, I, I came from Southern California where it's a little bit more, I don't know, liberal kind of, not with my family though, that my family moved up here because they felt out of place in Southern California. And I always thought Visalia was like, we always called it rural, even though it has like 150,000 people. Um, but yeah. So how does, so a big part of your work is working, obviously we provide, um, you know, events and support groups and leadership Academy is like, you know, one of our oldest, I think, in programs. Mm -hmm. And now we do a lot of substance use disorder prevention work with the youth, which is kind of a broad uh, umbrella. Can you kind of go into how the youth program helps with substance use disorder prevention? Like how how does your prevention activity work? Our approach is that everything is substance abuse prevention. Um, You know, looking back on like uh, my youth, like college and things like that, And, you know, I think we can all acknowledge that uh, queer bar culture and substance use is a huge part of our community. And especially when you're looking at like uh, trans, uh, non-binary, gender diverse and bi kids and, you know, like pan kids, like when you feel like you have two feet in different communities, that's an easy way to make friends. That's an easy way to engage. That's an easy way to fit in. Or maybe you feel like you need to be uh, engaging that kind of behavior to be able to express yourself. Yeah. And our goal is to create other opportunities to be their authentic selves and other tools to make friendships and um, explore themselves. So that's kind of our broad approach. And so we'll do things like on June 8th, where we've rented out Roller Town and we're turning that into a safe space for the night. And it's just going to be a bunch of queer kids and their friends and they can meet, mingle and um, hang out in a safe space. Uh, We also do um, other events that we tie in uh, discussions about substance abuse prevention. Like how did adults in our community get into it and how do they get out of it? So like on May 28th with the Ryan Casada concert, um, Ryan's going to be talking about their substance abuse um, uh, experiences and like how they've navigated it and how, like, what are their positive coping skills now? And we'll have a sober bar there to show them like, you can still hang out. You still have a good time. Um, without substances, you know, Um, and it's like that social aspect, but we also offer support groups too, so that you can talk about what you're going through and uh, build trust and uh, express yourself in a safe space. Sure. Yeah. I, I would agree with that assessment of being young um, and in the closet that it, especially with the, the, the two feet in like two different worlds thing, that was always a big idea or like a big issue. I felt like I had when I was younger was I'm bi, (laughs) I'm bipolar. And I'm also, you know, I struggle with substance use. So it was like, it was, you know, this feeling of of feeling fractured, um, which I think is, is big for a lot of queer and LGBT youth. 
Um, and I think it's great that there are more opportunities than ever for youth to get together and to, to talk and to have support because growing up here, even, you know, in 20, 20, like 10 to 2014, you know, there wasn't really much of anything around here other than maybe some bar culture, but even that, I mean, it wasn't really wasn't anything, um, until the, until the source came around. Um, and you are all, you're involved with, with local schools, right? Do you do, you, do you team up with GSAs and, uh, we team up with GSAs. We do site visits. Um, we offer support for GSA advisors, school counselors, um, just because, uh, we want to meet kids where they're at in a rural area. Transportation is one of our biggest barriers, especially if kids aren't out, um, they can't get a reliable ride. Or if they're coming to, to us, there's that question of safety when they get home. You know, we don't want a kid coming to an evening event and they don't have a reliable, safe way to get home. So we do a lot to try and reach kids on school campuses um, and virtually. So we do have a private Discord server mm-hmm. for those kids who aren't um, who aren't out and can't come in at all to our center. And uh, that really exploded in during the pandemic, like when we were first all at home and it's a pretty big group right now, but it is invitation only just for safety reasons. Sure. Um, But that's just like, it's really great to like see that secret, but thriving community, um, you know, just housed within our organization. Yeah, no, I I remember when the discord server was started and it wasn't, it wasn't super big yet. Like I remember, yeah, I re- remember being invited. I might still be in it unless you, unless you made a new one. No. Um, but yeah, during the pandemic, that was a big, it, it was weird because there was like a big spike with, uh, you know, people joining virtual support stuff and, and meeting virtually, but there was also like a, a general dip too. I remember with, with youth and getting youth involved seemed to be somewhat of a struggle. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zoom burnout was so bad and yeah. they really wanted to come back in person as soon as they could. So we did our best to work with the kids um, and prioritize like, safety and health. So we were meeting outside, even when it was really cold in the winter, we got a propane heater so that they wouldn't freeze. But um, yeah, the the Zoom dip was real. And frankly, I think we were all tired of it. We We were all tired of it. It was, it was, it was bad. Like we, I felt, I used to, I used to do mental health Mondays with Bev and it felt like every day, every time we did it, we would end up talking about like COVID fatigue. I, I was fatigued of talking about COVID and Zoom fatigue. I was like, I, there's not, I'm like, I, it's an issue. I know. Like, but um, yeah, that was, I'm so glad. Are. Yeah. It's like, there's not a whole lot more to say. Like, I know it sucks, but uh, we're, I know I'm so, I'm so glad that we're in a, in a different I mean, obviously COVID's still real, but we're yeah. still taking certain measures. We we're still a, a mask only center um, yeah. for out if you're not vaccinated. Um, but yeah. And, and if anyone wants to join any of the youth programs, I can put your info in the, uh, the notes of this podcast and they can reach out to you yeah. to get access. Uh, yeah. And great. Like they can also just show up too, you know, um, we meet on the second 
third and fourth Mondays of the month um, at uh, our campus here in Visalia. We also have a youth pop-up out in Hanford too. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, uh, if you're, you want us at your school, please reach out to us via email. Um, we'll do our best to show up. Yeah, no, I, how big is, is the group now? Would you say like, um, you know, it depends when we do something that's like kind of witchy or something has to do with astrology. Like there's 30 of them, uh but when it's like self-harm prevention, there's like nine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's the. Yeah. Like you, you know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, I know because my partner, she works for, for heal, uh, which is another local org that works with youth. And again, yeah, it's the, the, the witchy stuff, the woo woo stuff and astrology yeah. crystals, especially when you're like giving freebies out. Oh, oh yeah. God. They love free crystals. They love them. So shout out to the moon room for giving us some free crystals. <laughs> It's great. I love Chris. I have, I have, well, you can't see it, but I have one right here that Cody gave me. Um, do you not, I don't, I don't know like if it's a big issue. Well, I know it's a big issue in our community in terms of, of substance use. It was an issue when I was growing up, I started, um, I started to have a problem when I was like 16. I started drinking and using when I was like 14, 13, do you see that a lot in your youth or like, is it an issue? Is it, is it related in, in, in their families or some way? Like, how do you see the impact in, in youth, uh, especially around this area? There's certainly like a family component, you know, like, um, and it's like with, you know, like any addiction part of this is like genetic, but uh, when you have like queer youth, the risk factor starts, you know, creeping up there at 14 and, you know, well up to 25, it can go like the risk just keeps compounding. And uh, especially when you're looking at bi youth, especially when you're looking at trans youth, um, they feel particularly isolated. And again, like what we're talking about straddling like two communities or different ways to identify you feel that additional like isolation. Um, But we, we still see a lot of substance abuse in um, young queer uh, folks. It's, you know, and a part of it too is like everyone was forced back home or like maybe some kids were forced to go back into the closet or Mm -hmm. into unfortunate living situations. And they were trying to cope any way they could while being locked up, bored, stir crazy, um, away from their support nets. So, you know, like we do see a lot of it right now. And then additionally, and I'm going to get hate for this. I know everybody loves Euphoria, but (laughs) that show I got beef with because like, it is one of the better, it like not better, but it is a like really fun. It's super engaging. It has some queer rep in it, but it also has tons of substance abuse but it's got all these like TikTok trends and, you know, like the kids really get sucked in. Yeah. And like, you see it with a lot of, you know, youth, right. Queer youth right now. And they're just like all euphoria crazy. And like, I, I feel like the showrunners should have done more to talk about, you know, uh, drug use in the queer community. Yeah. And also like, 
gratuitous nudity too and like i mean i got lots of beef with that show it, <laughs> you know i don't i don't i don't disagree i my my when gabby my partner started to watch it i i watched like the first episode with her and it was um triggering like a, i don't get triggered by uh very many things uh but i used my drug of choice was was uh, opioids and so seeing that it was i was like it's so real like it was it was real enough to be triggering but it was also like it was glamorous too like i i totally know what you're saying yeah it's like like they show some of the adverse effects but everyone looks gorgeous while they're doing it there's a killer soundtrack there's like sparkle everywhere and like let's be real it's a ton of hot people yeah you know like i i i know what you mean but to be fair as it's gone on and i've like you know i've seen some of the later episodes i'm like this is kind of like degrassi now <laughs> like the trauma like i don't okay. know if you're okay. right so i was talking cuz you know my friends are like erica like let it go euphoria is good and i'm like i will like no we can't watch it because like i have to deal with this all day we're not gonna do this at home right yeah and they're like but you used to watch degrassi and <laughs> i was like one that's different and two um i thought that like the do you remember the spray paint episode no, I thought but. that okay. Well, <laughs> I thought that was going to be a much more serious problem. Like people were just going to be offering me like spray paint to huff. Like didn't like never happened. Never. Yeah. Happened. Also about like yeah, but anyways. So, no. Yeah, it is kind of like Degrassi, but like way hotter. Way more with way better camera angles and way better soundtrack and yeah. also. Porn, porn, porn stars, I guess, are are acting in it as well, which is nothing wrong with that. But it's yeah, it's interesting that they're playing teens, um, <laughs> which already have like body issues and you know. Yeah, yeah, um, and like, what is that? I mean, that's just a general complaint of mine. Like, why are there so many thirty-year-olds pretending to be sixteen? Like, I, I'm, it's giving me body dysmorphia issues. Like, those poor kids. I know. I feel. I feel. I, you know, you'd think it's getting easier, like as media starts to adapt a little bit to be more inclusive and representative. But I think these, these sort of issues will always be, because it's always going to be romantic. Like it's hard to not romanticize certain uh, aspects of drug use, um, which is shitty. What are, like, I know that your, your target demographic is obviously LGBTQ youth. Like, how broad is like the range of, of youth that you get? Like what are the, the recurrent issues or, or like traits that you see in these youth that are kind of common across all of them? Um, maybe in terms of, of mental health or what they're looking for, like isolation, um, like how far do they come from? You know, like that sort of thing. Like what is yeah. sort of the, so, I mean, a lot of our youth, um, are um gender diverse and i mean like that is so like for me that's so great to see those kids like being able to be themselves at their age i love that yeah but we do see a lot of um trends right now that are seen across uh all youth 
from like just recovering from this pandemic, right? Uh, you see lots of uh, isolation, uh, suicidal ideation. You see a lot of unhealthy coping, be that substance abuse, be that self-harm. Um, we're seeing, a, and we've been seeing this with different waves of social media, right? Like there's always some platform that teaches kids new ways to cope unhealthily, you know? And yeah. so trying to figure out where they're getting this information and supply them with safer uh, ways to deal. Sure. Uh, you know, like TikTok in particular, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm on TikTok all the time. Yeah. Um, on old people TikTok, but I'm on TikTok. Sure. And uh, they, you see a lot of kids who are getting a lot of mental health information without context. They will self-diagnose and then decide that that's all that they need to do. Sure. And skip the part about getting help. And so that's one of our main goals is to get the kid into get uh, get the kid access to competent care. Sure. Right. Um, and then additionally, we also see um, uh, a lot of people getting overstimulated and overwhelmed. Um, sure. It's a lot to like figure out how to re like navigate society. And then especially when you're also trying to navigate like who you are and then you have to deal with like code switching. If you're not totally out, like yeah. different, like, you know, every, we all wear masks and having to switch those masks out, people get exhausted, yeah. kids get exhausted and it's overwhelming. So those are kind of like the main trends we see right now. Sure. But we have kids from uh, all over. We have quite a few from Hanford, we have some from Porterville. Uh, we have some from um, Visalia, obviously, like the Farmersville area. So uh, we have a pretty broad range, but we're trying to get farther out into our more rural areas. Like we don't really have a foothold in Dinuba yet uh, or, um, you know, going out. Uh, we've been to Woodlake a couple of times, but I wouldn't say we have like a strong presence out there yet. Sure. Or the Cutler Rossi area. So expanding out is definitely a goal. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, a lot of those areas are, are always overlooked. I am, I remember going maybe three years ago when we used to do the, um, the photo, the photo bot, we used to do that for, cause we were low on funds. So we used to do that for, um, you know, I don't remember what we charged, but we used to go out to parties and schools or whatever. And I remember, I think it was out in Cutler or, or, or OC and it was, it was deep in the country, this elementary school. Uh, we drove like, I don't know, it felt like 50 minutes out there. Um, and it was just, it was just amazing. I don't, I, I remember feeling so surprised that there was like this, there was a school out here where there looked like there was nothing around. And I remember just thinking like, I'm like, how do these kids get connected? Especially if they're, if they're queer or, you know, trans, like how are they ever going to find a community out here? Um, so, so far apart and so overlooked. Um, so yeah, I'm it's super good that we're, that we're out, outreaching into, into those, into those spots of this, of this area. So your main, your main points are, you focus on education, prevention, and if they need mental health, we connect them to mental health services, which we have quite a few connections, mm -hmm. um, like Seeking Safety. We have a bunch of peer support groups going on right now. Um, so 
we have to wrap up soon. Uh, do you want to kind of give an overview of what's coming up in the youth program, maybe in the next couple of months? Yeah, sure. So Ryan Casada, May 28th, um, free concert. You can still get tickets, I think. Um, and we'll have Bone Dry Sober Bar out there. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Um, a, after that, we'll have on June 8th, our uh, Roller Town uh, Youth Pride Night. And uh, we'll have a drag performance by Millennia Decade. We'll have a uh, vaccine bus out there. Um, cool. And we'll have all kinds of cool stuff. And we'll have a special preview of the IME app too, which is a great app uh, resource for rural uh, queer youth who maybe need some me- like mental health access from super far away. I uh, really recommend you check that out. I am I. Um, and then we also have a queer creatives camp coming up in July, as well as seeking safety, which is a peer support group uh, for kids dealing with PTSD, uh, trauma and substance abuse. So um, if you know a kid who could benefit from this program, please reach out to the youth team and we'll get them connected. It will be a closed group and it's an eight week program. Um, queer creatives camp is open to uh, all queer youth, and we will be um, making a graphic novel together, and oh, everyone cool. gets a copy of the graphic novel, um, and so that's really exciting. Um, that kind of covers summer, though, and again, we'll be meeting on the second, third, and fourth Mondays of the month. Also, July 5th is the first meeting of our middle grade youth uh, peer support group, so, and they will be the, so right now, our youth group in general is called little sorcerers they're just going to be the sorcerers and then the middle graders will be little sorcerers so that starts july 5th at four o'clock that's a that's a lot (laughs) no but it's super exciting so all of this contact info will be in the show notes erica um I'll have her email in there. We can, you can also follow the the little sorcerers, sorcerers. I have always had trouble with my arse um, <laughs> on Instagram at the source LGBT youth. Um, so we have our main account, which is the source LGBT, uh, which you can follow us, which we do share some of the youth stuff. But if you want more direct access to what the youth are doing, you can follow the source LGBT youth on, on Instagram um, get more, uh, info and see what they're, they're up to. Uh, but thank you so much, Erica, for joining us on Queer Goggles. You, this was great. Um, and yeah, do you, do you have any parting, any parting words for the, for our adoring fans? Um, <laughs> I wish I thought of something witty ahead of time, I guess. Uh, watch the, the grassy episode about spray paint. <laughs> okay. You can probably find it on YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) All right. right. Thank you so much, Erica and everyone. Bye. If you know someone who is struggling with substance use disorder, please access our resources at thesourcelgbt.org slash recovery. And if you like what you heard and you want to support The Source, please visit thesourcelgbt.org slash donate.